Hey, you know, one of the things I love about Destiny Church is that we are generous. I love that Destiny Church is generous. And you know, we couldn't be generous without people like you being generous. Now, I know that when I say that we have generous people in our church, we also have people that aren't generous. And I don't mean that in a condemning or belittling way or a way to create or cause shame. But I know that in any group of people, there are some people that believe in generosity and then some people, for different reasons, aren't generous. And I know that being generous with our time, with our talent, and with our treasure, I know that being generous with those can be different because if you're like me, I have certain thought patterns or habits that I know that if I don't take control of those thought patterns or habits, being generous, living the generous life that I want to live can be difficult. And what I want to do over the course of the next three weeks is I want to stretch our faith just a little bit. Look at your neighbor and say, it's time to stretch your faith. Come on, tell them, say, it's time to stretch your faith. What I want to do over the course of the next three or four weeks is we want to stretch our faith And I want to challenge our mindsets concerning generosity. And I want to challenge our mindsets that keep us from living as generous people. And I want to start a series that we're going to start today, and it's called Live Generous. Live Generous. If you have a Bible, turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 8. But these verses will also be on the screen. I'm going to read two sets of verses primarily today. There's more scripture in here, but I'm going to read two sets of verses, and um, they're kind of lengthy, but 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 1 through 7. Beloved ones, this is Paul speaking. We must tell you about the grace of God poured out upon the churches of Macedonia. Listen to this. For even during seasons of severe difficulty... Tremendous suffering and extreme poverty, their super abundant joy overflowed into an act of extravagant generosity. Have you ever heard somebody that was poor and generous at the same time? They were extremely poor, yet they were extravagantly generous. I love that. For I, this is Paul again speaking, for I can verify they spontaneously gave, not only according to their means, but far beyond what they could afford. They actually begged us for the privilege of sharing in this ministry of giving to God's holy people who are living in poverty. This is poor people wanting to give to poor people. Wow. They exceeded our expectations by first dedicating themselves fully to the Lord. Let me just tell you, if you don't catch anything else in this series, if you want to be a generous person, you need to dedicate yourself fully to the Lord. We serve a God who is extravagantly generous, right? And we want to be like him. They dedicated themselves fully to the Lord and then to us according to God's pleasure. This is why we appealed to Titus, since he was the one who got you started and encouraged you to give, so he could help you complete this generous undertaking on your behalf. And now he's speaking to the church in Corinth. You do well and excel in every respect, in unstoppable faith in powerful preaching, in revelation knowledge, in your passionate devotion, and in sharing the love we have shown to you. So make sure that you also excel in grace-filled generosity. I want you to catch this today. 
Paul is speaking to the church in Corinth, and he's talking about the people of Macedonia, all right? And the people of Macedonia, we can tell that they are, as Scripture tells us, they are extremely poor. They are, they have really nothing. But I want, what I want you to see is Paul is using this extremely poor group of people to speak to the Corinthian church and give them an example of extravagant generosity. I want you to hear me. Paul is using a poor church as an example of extravagant generosity. Here's what I want you to hear. This proves to me that generosity is not an amount. Generosity is a mindset. Did you hear that? Generosity is not an amount. Generosity is a mindset. And you see, too often, I think what happens is we have limited mindsets. We have mindsets and mentalities that limit us and keep us from being all that God has called us to be or wants us to be. And oftentimes we don't even realize that we have this mindset. And one of those mindsets that a lot of us in this room suffer with, I would say 75% of us in this room suffer with this mindset. Let's call it a not enough mindset. A not enough mindset. This is the mindset that says, Pastor Chad, I don't have enough time. I just don't have enough time. If I had more time, I would be more generous with my time. If I had more time, I would serve some causes that are bigger than me. If I had more time, I would foster a child. If I had more time, I would serve at the church. If I had more time, I'd give more time to my family. But Pastor Chad, I have limited time. I don't have enough time. Another, another one is we could say, I don't have enough money. I don't have enough money. Pastor Chad, if I had more money, I would give more money. Years ago, I was um, a teenager, and Jason, Pastor Jason's grandpa attended my parents' church, and I told him one time, he was asking me, when are you going to do something? I don't even remember what he was asking me of what I was going to do, and he said, when are you going to do that? And I said, when I have enough money. And he said, Chad, if you always wait to have enough money, you'll never have enough money. And many of us have this mindset that I don't have enough money, but if I had more money, I'd be more generous. I'd tithe, I'd give, I'd bless people in the streets. I would be more generous. Or other people say, Pastor Chad, I just don't have enough talent. If I was as talented as Brandy, I would sing on the stage. If I was as talented as, you know, somebody that's in the cafe, I would use my talents for the kingdom of God, but I, am, I just don't have enough talent. And we have this mindset that says, I don't have enough. My resources are limited. My, talented, my talent is limited. My time is limited. My money is limited. My bank accounts is real low. My debt is real high. Inflation is crazy. My investments don't look so good. Pastor Chad, if I had enough, I'd do more. But simply stated, I simply don't have enough. If I did, I'd be more generous. But you know, one of the things I've discovered over the years is this is a mindset because I know people that have $100 and they say they don't have enough. I know people that have $1,000 and they say they don't have enough. I know people that have a million dollars and they say they don't have enough. So just like generosity, not enough 
is not an amount, it's a mindset. Generosity is not an amount, it's a mindset. Not enough is not an amount, it's a mindset. And this not enough mentality is the exact opposite of what Jesus has called us as Christians to be. Acts 20, 35, Paul tells us, remember the words of Jesus. He says, it's more blessed to give than it is to receive. It's more blessed to give than it is to receive. You know, I think we have a mindset, especially in the American church, I think we have a mindset that it's more blessed to receive than it is to give. It's more blessed to receive. But remember the words of Jesus, Paul tells us in Acts. It's more blessed to give than it is to receive. So before we go any further today, I want everybody in the room to take a big, deep breath. All right, take a big, deep breath. Come on. Big, deep breath. All right. Now I want you to look at your neighbor and I want you to tell him it's going to be okay. Tell him, say it's going to be okay. In your living room, look over at your spouse that's watching with you, wherever you might be. Tell him, say, hey, it's going to be okay. Why did I have you take a deep breath? And why did I have you look at someone and tell them it's going to be okay? Here's why. Because today we're going to talk about money. All right? And it's going to be okay. And some of you are like, great. The first time I come to Destiny Church, they talk about money. All right? Listen to me. I'm not after what's in your pockets. I'm not trying to steal from you. I want you to be blessed. Okay? And I think the key to blessing is generosity. I really do believe that. I promise it's going to be okay today. I promise. I promise. I promise it's going to be okay. But as your pastor, I believe that it's necessary that we talk about money. But this isn't just a money about, this isn't just a message about money. This is a message about being generous. And it's not about an amount. It's about a mindset. Okay? Can we pray? Lord, I just come to you and I ask you to speak to every single one of us in this room. I know this is a touchy subject and somebody's probably thought, oh, great, he's talking about money. But Lord, I pray that you'd open every single one of our hearts just as you opened my heart as I studied this message, Lord, this, this message hit me. So Lord, I pray that it would hit all of us and all of us would respond. So Lord, give me clarity today. Help me communicate this effectively. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said, amen. I, I want to tell you something I believe. I believe that most Christians, I really do believe this. I believe most Christians want to be generous. I really do believe that most Christians, I, I think a lot of people, even that aren't Christians, want to be generous. But we struggle with this mentality that says, I don't have enough. And this, I don't have enough mentality keeps us from being generous. Now, there, I think there's one primary reason that I want to talk to you about today for this, I don't have enough mentality. But there's, there's probably several reasons we have this I don't have enough mentality. I think some of it stems from our childhood. I think if we grew up in a poor home, we probably carry that. Even if we become millionaires, we just carry this mentality that says I don't have enough. I believe there's multiple, multiple reasons, but I believe the majority, the biggest reason the majority of us have this I don't have enough mentality boils down to one thing, and here's what it is, okay? This might hurt just a little bit. But I believe the reason the majority of us have this I don't have enough mentality is because we aren't wise stewards of what God has entrusted to us. We aren't wise stewards of what God has entrusted to us. Be that time, we're not wise with our time. We're not wise with our talent. We're not wise with our treasure. We're not wise stewards. So what I want to do is I want to read a lengthy passage of Scripture to you known as the parable of the talents. 
I want to read this to you, and then I want to build a message off of this, and then I'm going to give you an illustration that we've used before, but I, I just really believe it's kind of a good illustration for us today. This is Matthew chapter 25. We're going to pick it up in verse 14. Again, heaven's kingdom is like a wealthy man who went on a long journey and summoned all his trusted servants and assigned his financial management over to them. Before he left on his journey, he entrusted a bag of 5,000 gold coins to one of his servants, to another a bag of 2,000 gold coins, and to a third a bag of 1,000 gold coins, each according to his ability to manage. The one entrusted with 5,000 gold coins immediately went out and traded with the money, and he doubled his investment. In the same way, the one who was entrusted with 2,000 gold coins traded with the sum and likewise doubled his investment. But the one who had been entrusted, everybody say entrusted. But the one who had been trusted, entrusted with a thousand gold coins dug a hole in the ground and buried his master's money. We see here a not enough mentality. After much time had passed, the master returned to settle his accounts with his servants. The one who was entrusted with 5,000 gold coins came and brought him 10,000 saying, see, I have doubled your money. Commending his servant, the master replied, you have done well and proven yourself to be my loyal and trustworthy servant. And because you have been a faithful steward to manage a small sum, now I will put you in charge of much, much more. You will experience the delight of your master who will say to you, enter into the joy of the Lord. Then the one who had been entrusted with 2,000 gold coins came in and said, see, my master, I've doubled what you entrusted to me. Commending a servant, he said the same thing. You've proven to be loyal and trustworthy, and I'm going to bless you. That's what, it's, that's what he says there. Then the one who had been entrusted with 1,000 gold coins came to his master and said, sir, I have a not enough mentality. I know you are a hard man to please and you are shrewd and you are a ruthless businessman who grows rich on the backs of others. I was afraid of you, so I went and hid your money and buried it in the ground. But here it is. Take it. It's yours. But his master said to him, you are an untrustworthy and lazy servant. If you knew I had a shrewd and ruthless businessman who was always making, out to make a profit, why didn't you deposit money in the bank? Then I would have received it all back with at least some interest when I returned. But because you were unfaithful, I will take the 1,000 gold coins from you and give them to the one who has 10,000. For the one who has been given more, for the one who has will be given more until he overflows with abundance. Everybody say overflows. And the one with hardly anything, even what little he has will be taken from him. What's this parable about? This parable is about being wise stewards of everything that God has entrusted to us. That's what this parable is about. And what I want you to see today, using this story as a backdrop, is what I want you to see today. I want you to hear me. Each one of us are responsible for what God has entrusted to us. I just want to teach you today. Each one of us are responsible for what God has entrusted to us. And what I want to do today is I want to give you four tips. I want to give you four tips on how to become a better steward. Everybody say steward. I want to give you four tips on how to become a better steward of what God has entrusted to you. First and foremost, and this one's very simple. First and foremost, you have to understand this simple truth. You are a steward of what God has entrusted to you. Listen to me, before you can become a wise steward, you have to understand that you are a steward. 
What is a steward? A steward is a manager of another person's property. A financial manager, a land manager, a talent manager, whatever it might be, a steward is a manager. And let me tell you from the beginning of this message today, you, as a son of God, as a daughter of God, as a parent, as a child, as a grandparent, as a pastor, as a leader, we are stewards of God's property. We are responsible for what God has entrusted to us. We are responsible. Listen to me, you are not the owner. It's my money. No, it's not. It's my house. No, it's not. It's my family. Really, no, it's not. You are a steward of what God has entrusted to you. Psalm 24, what's it tell us? The earth is the Lord's and everything in it and all the world and all who live in it. It's all his. So what does this tell me? This tells me, Whatever it is that I'm a steward of, be it my children, be it my marriage, be it finances, be it my time, be it my talent, be it my career, whatever it might be, that tells me that I am not the owner. I am simply a steward. I am responsible for what God has given to me. And I believe that the reason that many of us cannot be as generous as we would like to be is because we are not wise stewards. We have not taken what God has given us and we have not been faithful and responsible with it. We're not wise stewards. But here's the cool thing I want to tell you. When we do it right, when we steward things that God gives us in the right way. And what I want to tell you is I think some people in the body of Christ and in the world today say, hey, I'm wise. I've invested in the stock market. Listen to me, that's fine. I've invested in real estate. That's fine. But listen to me, I don't believe that God begins to pour out blessing on us until we invest into the kingdom of God. Now there's gonna be blessings. You're gonna be blessed if you bless, if you invest in the right stock market or the right piece of land, guess what? There's gonna be a return on that, right? I'm not, I'm not coming against that in any way, shape, or form. But what I believe that God blesses, and that's the blessing I want on my life, is when we begin to invest in the kingdom of God as faithful, as diligently, or more passionately than we do in New York City in the stock exchange. And God tells us, and Scripture confirms us, and the story from Matthew chapter 25 tells us when we are wise stewards with, God, with what God entrusts to us, he gives us more. When we are wise stewards with what God has entrusted to us, Scripture tells us he loves to reward faithful stewards, faithful managers. So number one, you have to realize you are a steward. Number two, and this is, gonna be, this is, a, this is a big one right here. I think this will speak to a lot of us. Number two, how you manage or how you steward what God has entrusted to you reflects what you treasure the most. How you manage what God has entrusted to you shows where your heart is the most. So, okay, Pastor Chad, I'm reading my Bible. I come to church. I pray. I volunteer. Doesn't that reflect where my heart is? To some degree, yes. To some degree, you're showing that you have some loyalties to the kingdom of God. And all of these things are great, but listen to me, you can volunteer at church, you can read your Bible, you can come 52 straight weeks, but still your heart is not reflecting that you are loyal to the kingdom of God. Let me explain. Jesus teaches us in Matthew chapter 6, verse 21, listen to what he says, where your treasure is, there your heart will be. I love how the message translation says it, and I want to use this. The place where your treasure is, 
is the place where you most often want to be, and listen, and that's where you will end up being. What you treasure is where you will be. What you treasure is where you will spend your money. What you treasure is where you will invest your time, your talent, and your treasure. The place where your treasure is, is the place where you will most want to be, and it's where you will end up being. Is this message okay? I'm assuming that most of us in this room who call ourselves Christians, and I know there are unbelievers in this room as well, and we're going to pray for you. And we're going to believe that God's going to do things in your life today. But to the Christians in the room, I would say that most of us who are Christ followers, we would say, I value God the most. I would say that we would say that. When you become a Christian, you should become loyal to the kingdom of God. And, and if somebody asks you, do you love God more than anything? I, I, I'm guessing the majority of us would say yes. But let me ask you, do your actions confirm that? Meaning, if I ask you, where are you spending the majority of your money? Where would it show? Probably my family might be Walmart, right? That place just like, just keep going. You just keep spending money there, right? Let me, do, do your actions. Where are you putting your money? Where are you putting your time? Where are you putting your talent? Where are you investing it? Where you are investing your time, your talent, your treasure, does that reflect that you love God the most? Ask yourself that honest question. I say I love God, okay, is where you're putting your time, talent, and treasure reflecting that. I want you to think about it. Let's don't rush through this moment. Let's just be a little bit uncomfortable. Is where I'm reflecting my time, talent, and treasure, does that reflect that I love God the most? Do your actions, let me say it this way, do your actions confirm what your lips say? Come on, I want you to be honest with yourself today. Do your actions confirm what your lips are saying? Do my actions, where I'm spending my time, talent, and treasure, confirm that I love God the most? Another way we could ask this, and probably we wouldn't want to ask this, is let me ask your spouse if your words match up, if your actions match up your words. Or even better yet, let's ask your kids. You say as a parent... You say as a spouse, I love God the most. Great. If I was to ask your spouse, if I was to ask your children, would they say, yes, my dad, or yes, my mom says they love God the most and they back it up with their actions? Well, let's have an honest thought today. What you treasure is where you invest. Some of us, Listen to me, I just want to be honest with you today. Some of us, what we've done is we have gotten things backwards. And listen to me, I love my family as much as anything. But listen to me, my family cannot be a priority above my relationship with God. And some of us, we spend more time, talent, and treasure on our family than we do in our relationship with God. And I know that people get frustrated if a pastor says that. Listen to me, I'm not coming after anything from you. I want you to be blessed. God is blessing Destiny Church. He's faithful. But listen to me, you can be more faithful to the kingdom of God if you would invest into it. And God rewards those who are faithful. But where is your treasure? 
Where's your treasure? Where are your actions saying? Be honest with yourself today. Sadly, here's the deal. For some of us, for some of us if we give God anything, we give him our leftovers. We give him our leftovers. You know, if, if, if Thanksgiving, you know, if Jesus like called up Tasha and I and said, hey, kind of like Zacchaeus in the Bible, hey, I'm coming to your house for Thanksgiving. Do you think we'd give him leftovers? Do you think we would? Do you think we'd, hey, we got some meatballs in there and some chicken we grilled the other day, some cold, nasty mac and cheese. Welcome to our house, Jesus. We wouldn't do that, right? But that's what we really do. We give him our leftovers. Here's some leftover time. If I have enough time, here you go. If I don't use all my talent at work, I'll give some talent. If I don't spend all my money and you really touch my heart, I'll give a 20. Here's some leftovers. What we treasure is where we invest. What we treasure is where we invest. All right? All right, everybody can breathe. Let's look at number three, all right? You need to, these are just some tips from a wise steward, all right? Number, number three, you need to take control of what God has entrusted to you. Take control of what God has entrusted But Pastor Chad, don't I need to give God control? Yes, we want to give God control, but here's the problem. Some of you can't give God control because your time, talent, and money has taken control of you. Some of you, listen to me, you need to get control of what's controlling you. Listen to me, some of you need to get control of your schedule. Some of you need to have a serious assessment of your schedule and say, you know what, I'm investing too much time into that and I can't be generous where I need to really invest my time. Some of you really need to invest and in, in check into your bank account. You, you are not wise with your money. Here's just a little bit of, of wisdom. And these are things that the Lord is speaking to my heart just as well as all of us because we can get into this cycle. But listen to me, stop spending all the money that you have. King Solomon said, if you spend all that you have, you're pretending. That's what he said. Listen, Proverbs 13, 7. One man pretends to be rich, but he has nothing. Stop pretending. He goes on, to, we go on to see in Proverbs, not only do we want to stop spending all that we have, stop spending money we don't have, but stop spending all we do have. Listen to what Proverbs says here, Proverbs 21, 20. In the house of the wise are stores of choice food and oil, but a foolish man devours all he has. Listen to me, not only do we not want to spend money we don't have, but we don't want to spend all that we do have. We want to create some financial margin. Let me ask you a question. Does you, do you have control over your money? Do you have control over your schedule? Do you have control over your talent? Or does all that have control over you? I want you to think about it today. If we are going to be wise stewards that God rewards, Destiny Church, listen to me, we have to get control. How do we get control? Number one, the first thing you have to do is you have to acknowledge where you are. Acknowledge I'm not where I want to be. My schedule does not look like I want it to look like. My, my money does not look like I want it to look like. Acknowledge that. We're falling short. All right? The second thing is, is you, then you need to develop a plan of attack. 
okay? Don't just talk about it, do something. Proverbs 21.5 says this, careful planning puts you ahead in the long run, hurry and scurry puts you further behind. Listen to me, you're not going to become a wise steward of all that God has entrusted to you if all you do is talk about it. Have a plan. And the fourth tip, and this is really where I believe that the Lord is calling Destiny Church to, the fourth tip I see from this wise steward is a wise steward is loyal and trustworthy. I think this is one of the missing ingredients in the church today. We're not loyal and trustworthy. Our loyalties lie all over the place. That's why our time is stretched so so thin. That's why we use our talents for so many other things. That's why our dollars go in so many different directions. Listen to me. I think what's happened is we've pledged our allegiance to too many different kingdoms. But a wise steward, listen to me, a wise steward, a wise kingdom mind, let's say it this way, a wise kingdom minded steward knows where his loyalties lie. And they lie with one kingdom and one kingdom alone, and that is the kingdom of God. Let me ask you today, are you a loyal and trustworthy servant? Are you a loyal and trustworthy servant? I want everyone to hear me today. I hope you know my heart. I hope you can trust me as your pastor. I'm not trying to pad my pockets or pad the church's pockets. I want every single kingdom-minded person to flourish and prosper. And I know that trusting God with our money is difficult. Giving can be scary. Whether you're a pastor, whether you're sitting in the seats, wherever you might be, it's, it's difficult to trust God always. So what I'm asking you to do today, I'm not, I'm not standing up here and saying, hey, I have it all figured out and I always trust God. I'm not up here just preaching a message. I too am making choices in my life and in my family to be a loyal and trustworthy steward of all that God has entrusted to me, my time, my talent, and my treasure. I want all of Destiny Church to live with a mindset that says God is more than enough, not I don't have enough. God is more than enough, not I don't have enough. And so to do this, I want Jeff, he's gonna help me out. I wanna bring an illustration up to you guys. I've done this illustration in the past, but I wanna take just a couple of moments and show you guys this illustration. I think this will help us in our generosity journey. I think generosity is a journey. I think it's a journey. I think we have to start somewhere in the journey. Listen to me. We can't just say today, okay, I'm going to go all the way and I'm going to be the most generous person in the world if we've not lived a life of generosity, right? So I want to just use this as an illustration. This ladder today represents your generosity journey today. If I step up to here, I'm just beginning my generosity journey, right? I'm just beginning it. This is where some of you are. This is, you just started coming back to church. This is, for some of you, this is your first day at church in a long time. For some of you, you just started checking out Destiny Church. For some of you, you just made a decision the last week or two to trust us. You're like, I think I like this church, but I'm not sure I want to be there. But you've started your journey. You're on the ladder, okay? This is what some of you need to do. It's better being on the ladder than off the ladder. This is the, I just kind of, I just made it to church and I'm kind of here. And I know, and one of the things I've told all of, our, all of our staff, Pastor Mark, I've told him this at our Marshfield campus, is listen, when we grow, that doesn't always mean the income and talent and treasure and, and time goes with that, right? Because sometimes it takes people a while to trust. So some of us, this is where we are. We're just starting our journey. And that's all right. But the second step, we, you know, here's the biggest thing I want to tell you today. When we get on the ladder, we don't want to stay in the same spot we're in. We want to keep going forward. So we want to take the next step. And this step right here is the occasional giver. 
This is the, this is the occasional giver, okay? Sometimes I give. Sometimes if I have five bucks in my pocket and I'm not planning to grab a coffee after church, I might drop it in. I'm an occasional giver. And that's where I think a lot of people in the body of Christ are. We're occasional givers. We give occasionally. And hey, that's better than nothing, right? We're at least starting it. But listen, if we want to be generous, if we want to become extravagantly generous, we don't want to stop here. We want to go to the next step. And this right here is the consistent giver, right? This is somebody who's consistent. They're not a tither yet, but they're consistent. They're consistent in their giving. And they just was like, you know what? I'm going to give $25 every week. Every week, I'm a consistent giver. Now, my tithe would probably be more like $250 a week, but I'm going to at least give consistently. And every time there's an outreach and every time they ask for missions, I'm going to give. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a consistent giver. And I know some of you are thinking, is he going to keep going? I'm trying to determine if I'm going to keep going up this ladder. But you know what? The next one right here, this is that person who's, who is a tither. This is a tither. And this is where we want to get to. This is the tither. I want you to hear me. A tithe is not 3%. A tithe is not 5%. A tithe is 10%. And the Bible tells us that when we tithe 10%, the Bible tells us, test God and see if he will not pour out blessing on you if you become a consistent tither. And listen to me, I want to give you guys some wisdom. Tithing is not just generous giving. Some of you say, well, I tithe, I give to, you know, Salvation Army, and I give to Ronald McDonald House, and I give 10% of my income. That's good, but that's not a tithe. The Bible says the tithe goes to the storehouse. You know what the storehouse is? The tithe, that is the place where you go to church, where you're fed and where you're blessed and where you're ministered to. That's tithe. And some of, you need to, some of you need to tithe. You need to get there. And I'm not going to the last step. But part of it is, part of it is, is because I'm not here yet. I wanna be. But just as I'm too scared to stand up here and fall off in front of you guys today part of this one here is this is I struggle to go there this is that extravagantly generous giver who doesn't just tithe but they're extravagantly generous I don't know a whole lot of these people I don't know a whole lot of them but I'll tell you what my desire is my desire is to become extravagantly generous that's my wife and I's desire, to become extravagantly generous. But you know why we can't sometimes get here? It's because we're not wise stewards of all that God has entrusted to us. And I want to be extravagantly generous. You know what my ultimate dream is for life, for ministry? I've said this since I first went into ministry. And right now it looks utterly impossible to me. But my ultimate goal for Tasha and I is that we would never take a salary from Destiny Church. My dream is that whatever I get paid from Destiny Church, I could take and give directly to missions and outreach. Seems impossible to me right now. Doesn't even seem like it's in the picture. But that's my goal. I want to get there. Well, listen, before I can get here, I have to start right here. I have to get on the ladder. Some of you, you've been here long enough. It's time to take the next step. Some of you have been here. You've been the occasional giver. 
long enough, it's time to become consistent. It's time to become consistent. Well, some of you have been consistent, but for some of you now it's time to tithe. And what are we going to do? And for those of us that are tithers, now we need to have the goal of becoming extravagantly generous. And I wonder who's going to join me in this journey today. All right? Let's all stand.